You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Happy game day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers as always. My name's Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and the West Indianapolis Community News. And today is Celtics game day again. And it would be kind of weird for me personally to just dive in and preview a Celtics game because they just played them Sunday, which I actually love uh, this series style, by the way. But I'll get to that in a second. But uh, for me, solo to do it would be kind of boring since I just played. So John Corrales of Lockdown Celtics uh, and I chatted. We talked about... What happened in Game 1, how the Pacers were able to win, and then how that can evolve into Game 2, what both teams can kind of change a little bit to get going. A lot of McDermott talk, how Oladipo's infusion can help the Pacers the second time around, what the Celtics need to do better. It was a good conversation, so we'll dive into that. I thought that would be a lot more interesting. And I think in these series styles, we're going to do a lot of this, you know, because of COVID, they're trying to reduce travel. There's a lot of two games in the same city series styles this season. Which I think uh, here on Locked On Pacers will cover a lot of like this, where there will be an in-between day between the two games, and we can talk about what happened in the first game and how that impacts the second game, which is more interesting than just, you know, they have to defend Jason Tatum again to me. It's like, okay, we're evolving from that point. We just saw this team. What can be done differently? So I like, uh, even in a non-COVID season in the future, I kind of hope the league sticks with this because from a quality of game perspective, I feel like... This improves the quality of the league. You know, the, the teams don't have to travel as much, which makes guys tired. So I'm looking forward to seeing this game. This is the first time the Pacers have one of these series-style um, things. I guess in the preseason they did with the Cavs, but first regular season time. So I'm looking forward to doing it. Before I jump into this preview, one thing I want to talk about. I didn't even get to this news last week. Uh, the Pacers picked up future team options for both Goga Batadze and Aaron Holiday last Tuesday. It's been a week, but... Obviously, you know, right after that happened, you know, we had a game preview to cover and reacting to the Knicks and then Christmas. So it just it just got buried really quickly. Um, but they picked up the team options for Goga Batadze and Aaron Holiday, which means those two guys have their contracts guaranteed for the 2021-22 season now. So this season and next season. Uh, no-brainer decision for both Goga because, you know, he needs time to develop, even though he hasn't exactly shown on court that he's going to have a future in the league. I think he does have the skills to do it. They have to pick him up and play him to get there. Aaron Holiday, obviously a rotation player, steal to keep. They'll make a combined like $7.2 million that year. That's a steal for both of those guys. So uh, the smart move there. Uh, Holiday is now extension eligible. Next offseason, Goga has another team option then, uh, which will probably be picked up. We'll see. So, yeah, that, that there's not really a lot to cover there because they're both obvious moves. They're good players. You keep them around for the cheap. But, yeah, we're going to talk Pacers Celtics with John Corrales of Locked On Celtics. Before we get there, i got to talk to you guys about the great people over at Bet Online. They are the absolute best place for you to gamble online. If you are ready for college football bowl season and you want to put your money where your mouth is with some predictions or you want to do it for the NFL playoffs, Colts, huge game coming up, plus they need some help. Maybe you can bet on that and have some fun, win some money if things don't go the Colts way. That way you're not as sad. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON. When you do so, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your deposit. They have NFL games of the week. They have the top college football and basketball games. Anything current headlines and sports, they've got it. Don't sit on the sidelines. Get in on the action. Don't forget that promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook expert. 
Okay, Tony, let's uh, let's dive right into this. So, what what did you make from Game One of this little mini series? Man, uh, it, the Pacers looked really solid in this game, which was surprising to me. Not surprising. That's the wrong word, right? They've had a good season. They're three and zero for a reason, but just th- their ability to kind of contain Tatum at times, contain Brown at times, was a little more surprising than I thought. Even though they both both of those guys played really well, I thought. This was their first true like star test of the season. They played the Knicks and Bulls in their first two games. Right. So I was I was uh, pleased with their ability as a viewer to, you know, their new defense this season's been more aggressive and uh, as their coach calls it disruptive. They did a good job with those two guys, and then they still found ways to score against the Celtics defense that's typically strong. It was kind of a grinded out game, but uh, they, they found ways to score with various guys. You know, McDermott really stepped up, and I'm sure we'll talk about why later. But they they just they. Some of the stuff I wasn't so sure that they'd be able to overcome against a good team. They found a, they found a way to do and look good. So I was just impressed with the with the Pacers in this game. Yeah, look, I, I came into this with the um, with this thought, like, all right, the Pacers are good, but they're a step down from Brooklyn and from Milwaukee. So I thought, okay, maybe this would be a little bit easier. And at first, it looked like, okay, this is going to be a little bit easier. The Celtics came out, they stormed out, and then from a Boston perspective, it looks like they just kind of like let up a little bit. Obviously, the Pacers have something to do with that, but the Celtics transition defense has been horrible this season. And the the big reason why this the, the Celtics had to come back is every time they seemed to miss a shot, it became a runout. It wasn't just that Indy got the ball and 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 was able to get into their offense. It was that Indy got the ball and all of a sudden it's a three on one. And you're like, well, what, 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 right? Get, get back. How, run let's go guys come on they're <laughs> the, two ends of the floor in the Pacers first few games too under Bjorkren including this game it's been an emphasis of his especially off Miles Turner blocks right when there's a scramble at all he's like go get in your lane and get the hell off the court right because even, you know the Pacers it's not like their half court offense is bad but in seasons past it's it's under McMillan it's been like average mm-hmm. uh and they do a lot of you know steal and runs to keep their offense offensive efficiency looking good under Bjorkren that's the same and, you know, Turner has 17 blocks in three games this year, which is just ridiculous. But the, their defense has been good. They're, they're sixth in defense to the point that they just they get the stop. And then with, you know, McConnell's in the game or, you know, Sabonis is there letting him, you know, go coast to coast now. They just go. And the Celtics did not have an answer for that. Yeah, it was kind of wild to see Sabonis bringing it up as much as he did. He just takes it and goes, which personally I love. If a big can just take it and go – like, don't just sit there and wait for an outlet pass. Uh, obviously, you're not going to have, like, Tristan Thompson bringing the ball up <laughs> against the guard defender. But, like, if you have the ability to just grab it and start going, then do it. And Because it just right. puts pressure on the other team to get back and cross-match. Now, whoever is back, is it's probably a guard. And that guard has to step up. Now that guard is picking up a big, which means some big is picking up a guard, and you're you're kind of like forcing the issue. So I I love their ability to do that. Um, Malcolm Brogdon was uh, just a killer, just an absolute killer in this game, uh, which should not be surprising, really. Uh, but. He continues to be like, oh, yeah, Malcolm Brogdon. We didn't think that he'd be that good anymore because uh, Oladipo's coming back and you know somebody's got to take a step back. But no, here's Malcolm Brogdon killing the Celtics again. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just impressed. What a just five, 25 points, five rebounds, five assists, a couple of steals. 
just overall, he was the, he was a catalyst for when the Pacers were really building their lead. So he he's an interesting case this year because last year from the start of the season through about Christmas, he was the Pacers' best player, right? Like all-star voting was announced, I think, mid-December of the 2019-20 season. And I was like, oh, it's gonna, if it's anyone on the Pacers, it'll be Brogdon, right? He's been the best player. And then he got hurt a bunch of times and Sabonis really established himself. So this year, it's only been three games, but including the Celtics game last night, he's been that guy. He's been close to as good as he was at the beginning of last year before the injuries hit. This is the best he's looked at uh, since then. You know, of course, he still had the full season to play. But, yeah, I was, I've been really impressed with him this year, and the Celtics game was the, the magnum opus of his three games. You know, it's three games, caveat and everything. Right, but, right, right. You know, right. 25 points, fantastic. And even when he's at his lowest points for the Pacers, he's been really good in the clutch like he was in this game. Played solid defense on whoever he was on. He switched a lot. They, the Pacers switch now. What, what the hell is that? Um, but, yeah, whoever he was switched on to, he had that huge three. Uh, so yeah, he was really, really good in this game. I was impressed by that. And I think some of that is, you know, the Celtics point guard situation is what it is uh, up in the air, maybe is the perfect word. Uh, but without Kemba, he doesn't have to exert as much effort on D, but yeah, he looked really good guiding hand for the Pacers all game long. So full credit to him. He was, he was really good. Yeah. And then, you know, defensively, one of the numbers I was just kind of going through the box scores before we were starting to talk and I saw that. Jeff Teague had a higher usage rate than Jalen Brown, uh, and especially in the second half where it was like 10% higher, uh, which, which is a ridiculous number. There's just no under no circumstances should Jeff Teague have a higher usage rate than Jalen Brown. But, you know, Teague, when he was on the floor, was obviously driving, obviously trying to get the, the free throws and, and, and all of that stuff. But uh, I think if, you're, if your defense is geared towards – Getting you know, allowing Jeff Teague to be the focal point of your offense uh, of the opponent's offense, then you're doing a good job. Uh, defensively, the the Pacers look, I think, pretty good. Now, as Miles Turner kind of settled into what his role is going to be, because you're still rolling with Turner and Sabonis, and and a lot of the talk obviously has been these guys can't play together. You got to get rid of one. We've talked about that over the course of the off season. So where where is that settling in? Yeah, with this team, you know, Bjorkren's done a good job with a lot of players of getting them to play the role that they're best in, which sounds really simple, but their last coach struggled with that. But, you know, with Turner specifically, I think the defensive end, where I, you know, I said earlier, Bjorkren always describes it as aggressive and disruptive. What's going to, they're NBA players, right? So they're going to get beat every so often, but because they're switching more and, you know, causing the the offenses to shift and kind of play offense a little differently. Turner has been really good on D because he, you know, he's, he's in situations where his strengths, which is drop coverage, timing, and rotations from the weak side, he does all that all the time, right? So he's been awesome on defense. Teague was 0 of 9 partly because Turner just shut down everything Teague did going to the basket. And I heard you ruined Teague's three-pointer, so <laughs> Teague can't hit threes. Or- <laughs> so Teague can't hit threes or layups. Turner's got him shut down on offense. Turner's things, the three usually, not hitting those this year yet, but – Something Bjorkren does have him doing, he's playing a little more confident, is he struggled under McMillan to make decisions quickly, right? He'd hesitate before swinging it, or he w- didn't put it on the floor right away. With Bjorkren, the second he catches, he's going, shooting, passing, whatever. He, he does it right away. So even if he doesn't have the ball as often as he has in the past, what he does with it is more effective than it has been. So I would say his role is reduced, but his he's been actualized on defense, and he's making quick decisions on offense. So still, look, like, he was really good in the second half against the Celtics. So he's been... Uh, Better than he was last year, just in a smaller role. 
Gotcha. Um, all right. Well, let's before before we move on to the uh, what we look forward to in game two here. Uh, let's let's get this McDerm- McDermott conversation out of the way. <laughs> I know, I know, I know you're itching too. So well, so, well. So the, I think part of the McDermott conversation is how bad Grant Williams was in that game. Yeah, that was a lot of reason he got going. So Grant, I think Grant has has like improved in some facets, but I think he's also being asked to do a lot more as far as who he's guarding and. Uh, I think this is just part of the working everybody in. The Celtics are are trying to uh, integrate other players. They're trying to work different rotations, and they're asking Grant Williams to do a little bit more. And sometimes he does it, and sometimes he doesn't. And so uh, there were stretches in this game where I thought he did some nice things. I looked at it and I said, "Okay, yeah, he's he's offensively he's he's attacking closeouts now. He's." He's driving, he's dishing, he's he's getting some assists, but then on the other end, I think I think there's a bigger conversation to have about the Celtics overall defense just in general where they're just not connected. Last year the hallmark of that defense was wow, they're all on the same page. They all know what they're supposed to do. We talked about them being on a string because once one moved, the other guy moved and and now it's not it's not the, the string has snapped. So, yeah, Grant, I think, is one of the people struggling as the Celtics try to work through yeah. uh, their their early season. Like, the short turnaround, the lack of time. Like, he's one of the guys that the, the short turnaround really hurts because usually a guy, after his rookie season, gets to go home, evaluate, get sent home with homework, uh Go through a summer league, you know, go through. So you get a summer league, you get a summer league training camp for a week or so. You've got, you you come out of summer league trying to work on some of these new skills. You see what worked and what didn't. Now he's trying to put his, trying to put those lessons into play as part of the regular season. And that, that's just always going to be a struggle. We talk about the rookies struggling a lot. I think second year players are also going to struggle a lot because you don't get he didn't get a full off season. Like not all like the second year players who are are, are on these uh the, these teams that made deep runs. They 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 didn't get that full off season to work on a game, to add something to their game. So he's he's really I think trying to add things on the fly. Yeah, and I, I think with him is where the McDermott conversation starts to me is because something that is, is harder in the NBA for every young player's pick and roll defense. And Grant at the level of the screen in that first game was just lost, right? Brogdon clutch three, Grant was supposed to switch. He got up to where he was at the level of the screen and then just froze trying to figure out if he's supposed to switch or attack the guy with the ball. And he didn't know what to do. Brogdon buried the three in his face. When he was on McDermott the entire game, he would like, he, he was, he just wasn't sure he gets to the, he gets to the level of the screen. He's staring McDermott in the face and he's like, okay, this guy's a good shooter, but are, is he going to pass? Is there going to switch? And then McDermott uh, turning into the white guy mannerism of sneaky athletic, this game flew <laughs> by him over and over again. Right. So Bjorkren using McDermott as a two point shooter has been one of the weirdest turns in of the Pacer season. But uh, yeah, just, he's just letting McDermott catch. And if the defender's too high, blow past him for layups and, of course, he had three threes against the Celtics. He hadn't really hit the three that, that well in the first two games of the season. But, yeah, Bjorkman seems to think that he's an inside-out scorer, and he's right so far. He's uh, 
12 points the first game. I think he had, or I think he went 14, 12, 16. So he's been a very good scorer this year. And Grant Williams, not knowing uh, exactly what to do, come, chasing him off screens, just added to that. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching, as you're talking, I'm watching that Brogdon uh, three-pointer and I'm watching Grant kind of try to play that, and he he does get frozen. It, it seems like there's miscommunications here, and now that's possible. Robert Williams is on the floor, so he doesn't have Daniel Tice behind him. So there's the the lineup here is Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Robert Williams, Jason Tatum, and Grant. And Grant, the screen comes. Marcus Smart. I think, see, this is a situation where Robert Williams behind him is supposed to be, I think, quarterbacking this defense. And that, I think there's a lack of communication there. And so Grant, but Grant is definitely in no man's land. And Marcus Smart just sticks to the screen. He's not going anywhere. He doesn't go over the top, nothing. He's, Brogdon's left wide open. So yeah, that's, that is a signal of, of Grant's, just to go back to what you were saying before. But yeah, a guy like McDermott, Allowing him to do that kind of stuff is is it makes sense. I mean, I, I what I see this season is a little bit of a return to mid range is okay, and allowing so McDermott coming off of screens or, or or coming off a catch and attacking a closeout. If he finds space in the middle of the floor, if he's a good enough shooter, like take those shots. You know, right. go, that's that's a shot where you can hit that. There are good enough shooters in the NBA. There are more than enough good enough shooters in the NBA where you can hit that and soften up a defense and hit that at a high enough rate. So, um, all right, let's move on to let's move on to this this next game because now I think you're going to have Victor Oladipo back. So, what are the what do the Pacers look like with Oladipo? That how does that work this season? Uh, what won't we see as much of now in the second game? What's up, guys? One more break here mid-show before we get into more of the upcoming game. So I can talk to you guys about, of course, it's Lockdown Pacers, the great people over at Built Bar because they are making the best-tasting protein bars ever. And I'm not just saying that. Tons of people on Twitter have reached out to me who have tried them and told me that they agree with that. And they're not just delicious bars. They're protein bars, so they're really great. They're really healthy. They're good for helping you maintain weight. They're good for helping you losing weight. And of course, they're delicious. I wouldn't be talking about them if they weren't good. They're 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They have 18 awesome flavors that you can pick boxes that are variety packs or specific to the flavors that you like. So if you like caramel brownie, go get them. If you like raspberry, go get them. They're really awesome. They're low calorie, low sugar, but high protein, high fiber. I try to do a different one every time. Today, cookies and cream, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. They're really just absolutely delicious. you got to go check them out. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, all one word. You'll get 20% off on your next order with that promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Two-game caveat for Vic, and honestly, everything he's done since his injury is a caveat, but um, 22 points in both games, hit all five of his threes against the Bulls, which that's not going to happen again. That was crazy, but really efficient score so far. So this, the, to be fair to him, even with making shots, like just in general, the way he's moving and attacking the basket, it's the best he's looked since the injury. So Vic is actually a threat that can change the Celtics. So the biggest change you'll see to the Pacers is obviously Aaron Holiday's not starting. He didn't shoot that much, but just the shot distribution will be a little different. Uh, Sabonis will probably have it a little more because between Warren, Oladipo, and Brogdon all being good scores, it seems like they should have the ball a lot. But Sabonis has been kind of like the through man for all that. So he kind of decides or dictates like how the play is going to go, what the right option is, which one of them 
should be the attacker on any given possession, which has been amazing for the Pacers that he always seems to make the right decision. But Depot adds an, just an extra guy that's hard to guard there. So I'm imagining that they'll shift smart onto him. But I don't know. I mean, that's that's kind of a tough choice for the Celtics uh, between that trio of perimeter guys. So, yeah, Oladipo, he's shooting a little better. He worked on threes a lot when his quad was ruptured because it's kind of all he could do is just take shots with his arms and stuff. Sure. Uh, so his outside shot's a little better. His attacking the rim's a little worse. But his defense has been good this year, which is good. You know, he struggled with that in the bubble. So I, they're definitely adding a player better than Aaron Holiday back into the starting lineup with him. But I always have to, to, to hesitate because I've seen him at his worst since his injury too. And, you know, who knows what the consistency will be. But the Celtics saw him in March, remember? That was the best game he played last season, right? right so right. perhaps he, perhaps there's something about this matchup that caters well to his skills. But he's been good this year. It could fall off any time given his significant injury. But I think he'll he'll help them because he's been good. I mean, I, I, I think obviously adding Oladipo does – I mean, you put Oladipo in for an holiday. That's an upgrade. Um, yep. So that – in. You know, in any way you slice it is an upgrade, um, and you move you move Holiday to the bench, which boosts the bench a little bit because you know you move a starting guy to the bench and that helps. So, uh, but I still think the Celtics will go double big because they've they've done that so far in all three games, and the double big has actually kind of worked. Although Brad Stevens got away from Daniel Tice, he's you know he he said Robert Williams is our best big in that first game. There's no guarantee that Robert Williams is going to be the best big in the second game. He's so up and down with him. So if Daniel Tice can step up a little bit more and 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 be more of what he was in the first couple of games, if we get Tristan Thompson, who I thought was 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 pretty good, but if we get like a little bit more of him and maybe they can ease that minutes restriction a little bit, then that that'll help. I, I think the Celtics definitely need to find a way to get themselves to the rim. They need to find a way to clear yep. out. Um, Miles Turner, especially when Turner's out of the game. Yep. Yeah. So if if the, the Celtics have not been particularly great, like they, they've they don't run their offense consistently, and the way I put it is, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are great players, but right now in in at this point in their development, they're not consistently going to break down a defender in front of them. And get to the rim and make decisions. Like that's not their game yet. They need a pick. They need some sort of action to open up a lane. They need to figure out a way to 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 get a little bit of help. And and also, you know, getting that spacing is part of that help. And so it doesn't do them any favors when the Celtics do go double big. Like part of part of why they need the picks is well, Tristan Thompson's not exactly spacing the floor. So they need to do some actions right. to get him up at the high the high post and and put uh you know, put a big in some sort of position to have to defend that pick and roll. But the Celtics definitely need to run more of their offense. I thought when they were actually running actions, pick and rolls, they, they have a nice play where the the wing starts basically on one elbow. They throw it over to the big at the other elbow. He hands it off, and it turns into a pick and roll or a rescreen after that. And it really puts a lot of pressure on the defense to, okay, now here's a handoff. Here's a pick. Here's a second pick. How are we defending this? Are you, you're looking for a switch, a mistake, something advantageous. When they do that, then Tatum and Brown are, are, are amazing, and they're all-star level players. When, when it devolved later in the game, to just, okay, Tatum, you try to break down Malcolm Brogdon. Well, 
he, it got poked away like uh, two, three times. Um, Jalen Brown trying to break down a, a player. Okay, well, it took him like 18 seconds of really trying to probe <laughs> to try and break down a player, and he ends up taking a contested layup, which he misses. So that that kind of stuff, that, that, that can't happen. The Celtics need to focus more on execution. They're just – without Kemba, without Gordon Hayward – they don't have those extra players on there that you could just, I'm going to drive, there's nothing there, I'm going to kick it out. That guy's going to drive, he's got nothing there, he's going to kick it out. And you just keep bending that defense until it breaks. They, You can focus on those two guys. So right. the thing I'm looking for is just this team has to rely on execution. It has to rely on precision. They're... they're Margin for error has dropped a lot. And and that's when they get away from the precision, that's where they've lost the first couple of you know, they're 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 two losses. They they've really they've really let the other team just kind of take off. So I'm just looking for I'm looking for those guys to you know I would love, you know what I'd love? A Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum pick and roll. Set those yeah. what how do you defend Jalen Brown setting a pick for Jason Tatum. Very carefully. Yeah. Like that <laughs> last play. Let's talk about the last play of the game. Because this is what I've been calling for since the last Celtics night. last play or the Pacers last play? The Celtics last play. Okay. The, the, the Well, I'll interject first and say Tatum earned that after the Bucks game. Like he earned it. You're allowed to do that play. I think that's fine. But anyway, go ahead. Well, see, that's and this is where we disagree in Boston because it's like the that first that first shot that went in. Missed horribly. It's true. He it did just, miss. It just happened to <laughs> miss at an angle where it went off the backboard and went in. The yeah. shot that he missed against the Pacers was actually more online than the one that he made because that actually like kind of softly hit the back rim, had a chance to go in, but and and it it wasn't exactly the play that they drew up because you know, the Pacers did do a good job defensively, but at that point when. You say, okay, well, Tatum's going to get the ball at the top of the key. Why not send Jalen Brown over to set a pick? Right. You got seven seconds. They're going to do. They're going to make a decision. They're going to either blitz the ball handler and try to maybe jump the passing lane, but Tatum's supposed to be good enough to make that call and 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 figure that out. They're either going to go. They either do that. They go over the top or they go underneath. And Jason Tatum is supposed to be good enough to figure out all three of those things and make the right play. And in seven seconds, I think you have an opportunity to make that right play. I just don't think sidestepping to your left when you are a right-handed shooter, all you're doing is you're, you're creating some space, but you're still you're still exposing your shooting hand. Sidestep to your right at the very least. So the defender has to go across and and is more likely to foul you. So I I just didn't like any of that. I don't like that he likes sidestepping to the left. I, I don't like any of that. So I when I look at that from a Pacers perspective, like okay, that's that's just one of those. It's it's either going to go in or it's not. But that's that's if you're going to pick one shot, that's the shot. Right. Brogdon also fouled him, which is See, uh, I don't a I don't think so. 
It was very close. It was very close. You're talking about the landing didn't give him a place to land? The landing. Very close. I actually thought they were going to call it when I was watching the game. That's why I say that. They might have. But also, Tatum kicked his foot out pretty pretty far, it felt like. So... My interjection on the last play was they just did that the, the the set right before where they got it to Robert Williams and had Tatum curl out of the lane to the opposite wing. Perfect. Tatum was wide open. Yeah. Like, like any movement would have been better than I, I again. I think Tatum earned it, but I think any movement, especially when you have seven seconds to set it up, would have would have been a good idea and make the defense make some decision. But yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting. I think both teams kind of tried to lose for the last minute of the game between you know, the, the Pacers turn it over and then Tatum misses and then yeah. it was. It was a, and I've seen that that script before where Bogdanovich threw it away against the Celtics and in Indy. So I, I've seen them try to lose against the Celtics yep. at home before. So. <laughs> I mean, you know, credit credit both teams. You know, you could spin it the other way and say, hey, look. Robert Williams made a great play. Sabonis made a great play. There was a miscommunication right. between Grant Williams. Another miscommunication between Grant Williams and Robert Williams, which after the game, Robert Williams took took the blame for. But um, it it was, you know, Sabonis made a, a, a good, strong move. You know, he made a good, strong move. And the Celtics were lucky that he missed the free throw and had a chance to to win that with, with any shot. And that that's what gets me. Is that if you're if the Celtics were tied, then okay, I can see you don't want to risk a turnover, you don't want to risk something crazy because you turn it over and they they get it and you lose. When you're down one, you got to do something because you're going to lose no matter what if you miss the shot. So find right. yourself a good shot, find yourself the best possible shot. Seven seconds is an eternity, you know. Teams run entire plays, an entire set in seven seconds. And then you get one or two options. But again, Pacers did a good job defending that. Um, I, I will say they, they did do a good job. They kind of saw what was coming and they gave up the one pass that you, I mean, no one was going to steal that pass. So you give, you give up the, the one just, okay, here, take it because I've only got five seconds. But from there, I think the Celtics could have done more. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens again tonight um, with with this uh, this game too. Are you liking these two game series? I love the series style. I, love I like Brad Stevens. Love the series style. Yeah, I I think for these conversations where we get to talk about adjustments for the quality of play because there's no travel in between, there's no flights. Um, yeah. you know they wake up in the city of the arena. I think it's good for the league, uh, and I hope it sticks long term. I think for every party. This is good. I like but, it. Well, maybe when fans are back, it's not as good because, you know, they're like, oh, I have two opportunities to see him. I don't have to go to both. But, you know, I think it's good. I think it's good. I like it. I, I like it, too. I, and, you know, I want to see what happens when I'm traveling again and in these cities and you get to spend an extra day like that. To me, a lot of people when I when I joined the beat, they were like, oh, yeah, these, you know, you go to these cities and these cities have great restaurants. I'm like, you know, I get into a city the night before. I have one night basically, but you know, I'm working at a record a podcast. I can't go out that night and, and do anything crazy. And then the next day is the game. And then I fly out the following morning. So I haven't had like a ton of opportunity to experience these cities until like the playoffs. And I like going to India. I was watching that game. Like, Oh man, I'm, well, I miss you didn't get to there. spend much time in India in the playoffs either though. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> unfortunately. That's true. That's true. But more than I would normally. That's um, true. I I really do. I like indie. It, it reminds me. It reminds me a lot of uh, Providence, where where I grew up. So um, it's but it's a it's a cool little city, and uh, like going into these cities for for two games would be kind of cool. So yeah. Just for quality of play, I'm all about it. But yeah, go ahead. No, that's it. I was going to wrap it up. Yeah, it should be really fun. I'm I'm interested to see how the infusion of Depot changes the game. And later in the season, I'll be curious to see how the infusion of Campbell Walker changes the Celtics because I think yeah. having an organizer will help them a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be um, – they really need that, man. They really need that. They just need – Even if he's not the prolific scorer he's been in the past, just, just an organizer will just, go a long way. Right, but just the threat. Just the threat. Right. You know, the, right. the Celtics just need another guy out there. Um, and then we'll see what that unlocks with Tatum and Brown. So. All right, man. I appreciate you. you hopping on. Had a good time. Always down to talk Pacer Celtics in these <laughs> miniseries. I mean, we might get to talk a lot. We talk a lot anyway. Yeah, we do. And I spared you. I spared you the Turner Thompson conversation. So we might have to do that later. <laughs> Save for next time. <laughs>